What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Today on the show, there's another Republican to take on Trump in 2020, and apparently the very last thing that you want to be in America in 2019 is a millionaire. Welcome to the future where the glass is half full and you'll need new glasses, where you'll be jumping from conclusions. The past is annulled and a new future is born. Never before in history has so much meant so little to so many. AD on the radio. Oh, man. Uh, You want to talk politics today? A lot of people seem to want to talk politics today. A lot of people seem to feel that today is a bit of a momentous occasion. A lot of people have said, AD, you got to mention this. This changes the landscape. This changes everything. This, This is going to make 2020 a very different kind of year. And what they're talking about, maybe you're talking about as well, if you're one of the people that's been tweeting me about this, is the fact that, well... They talked about it. They talked about the idea that Mitt Romney would perhaps compete against Donald Trump for the 2020 Republican nominee for president of these United States of America. Now, ordinarily, when you have a president, you kind of leave him be. If your side wins, you want that person to win again. It's unbelievably rare to get competition from inside your own party if you're already president. But because Donald Trump is a divisive sort of individual and there still remains among Republicans a large Never Trump faction. Although here's the thing about the Never Trumpers. The Never Trumpers are kind of sort of quietly becoming sometimes Trumpers. And there's a reason for that. All the things, all the things that Donald Trump has said and done and tweeted since he became president that seemed in direct contradiction with Republican values or what the establishment Republicans said was their value or what was their set of values. All those things, eh, they've had very little to do with his policy. Like he's been unhinged. He's said some stuff that pretty much everybody wishes he hadn't said and tweeted some stuff that people definitely wish he hadn't said, regardless of which side of the political fence you're on. But those never Trump types have quietly become sometimes Trump twice. <laughs> wow, you try saying that one time at a normal rate. <laughs> sometimes Trump types. The never Trumpers have become sometimes Trumpers pretty quickly because despite all the flash and bravado, when it comes down to policy, he's been kind of sort of towing the conservative line, which has surprised a lot of people. Only because, well, he was a Democrat until about a second and a half before he announced he was going to run for president. And then also, you know, he was supposed to be extreme and unhinged. And in public, he is. On Twitter, he is. When he's talking publicly, he is. But when it comes down to policy, most Republicans have gone, oh, well, I, mm, yeah, that's sort of what I would have done. 
So there was this idea when he became president that Mitt Romney would take him on, would compete against Donald Trump for the 2020 Republican nominee for president, for the Republican nomination for president, rather. And today, oh man, like I said, a lot of people have been at me, people on the left and the right going, this changes everything, dude. You have to talk about this. And I don't know if it does, but it's interesting. It is not, in case you haven't figured it out yet, it is not Mitt Romney. Now, that would make things interesting. Why? Because the entire world knows Mitt Romney's name. He is an unbelievably public figure. Everybody in America knows who he is. Pretty much everybody in the world knows who he is. And a lot of people, when Trump became president, went, oh man, couldn't we just have Romney next time? He's, well, he's kind of sort of predictable. He makes us feel a little bit more comfortable. We don't go to bed scared, wondering what <laughs> Mitt Romney's going to tweet in the middle of the night. And whether it's going to be a cause for global Armageddon. Could we just get Romney to run against him next time? That was, that was the rhetoric when things first started out. Now, not so much. Now, it's not Romney, it's Bill Weld. To which I hear you reply, huh? Unless, of course, you're listening in Massachusetts. Bill Weld has officially entered the 2020 Republican field. Yeah. Now, this is a guy who, unlike Trump, is not staunchly conservative in his recent record. I'll give you a perfect example of how he's not staunchly conservative or even vaguely Republican. In 2008, you know who he endorsed? Obama. In 2012, that was Hillary. You know how he feels about the Second Amendment? Eh. Eh. Could basically sum up Bill Weld's attitude toward the Second Amendment. And you know how he feels about global warming? Warming? He thinks it's a thing that exists. Which is, uh, well, it's not telling the company line when it comes to climate change denying and the capitalism that that fuels that the right is so fond of. I'm not taking a side here. I'm just a casual observer. Bill Weld is not what you would expect. Now, what are his qualifications? Well, he did two terms as governor in Massachusetts. He has lost ever since then when he ran for stuff. He ran for Senate against John Kerry in 1996. He lost. He moved to New York and he was unsuccessful as he went after the Republican nomination for governor. In 2016, he was the VP nominee on the Libertarian Party ticket with Gary Johnson. That's where you might remember him from. And that's kind of sort of the wave that I think he's hoping to ride as he becomes a Republican as opposed to a Libertarian. A lot of Libertarians sort of, uh, I guess, go through the world. And and this is the interesting thing. There's a lot of different shades of Libertarian. There's right-leaning Libertarians. There's left-leaning Libertarians. There's all sorts of different versions of being a Libertarian. And in that, various Libertarians will argue about what is Libertarian and what is not Libertarian. It's... It's a blanket term that gets thrown around to describe a lot of people that basically have the common ground of thinking small government is a good idea, is the best way I would describe it. I know a lot of people that listen to this show are libertarian. A lot of people will look at sort of the things I say and the things I believe and go, oh, you're a libertarian. 
I've heard people say that many a time. And you know what? That, that might be true. But like I said, it covers a really broad scope of things. And uh, I just... Every time you say I'm a libertarian, there's going to be a bunch of pot-smoking redneck libertarians that want to invite you over to their house to shoot AR-15s. And I've got no problem with that, but it's just not my jam. So I don't tend to walk around saying I'm a libertarian. I believe that you negate yourself if you label yourself, so it's just not for me. But this guy, Bill Weld, did have something to do with the libertarian ticket. The kind of silly libertarian ticket that was spearheaded by Gary Johnson. What else do we know about him? Is he really a threat to Trump? We'll get into that next. Real Radio. 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 104.1 Where the left and right come together for fundamental truths. AD on the radio, on Twitter at ADSXE. You know, it was interesting when I opened up my inbox earlier today and when I checked my Twitter notifications. A lot of people went, oh man, it's happening. It's happening, AD. It is happening. And there was a gleeful rubbing of hands on both sides of the political fence about Bill Weld entering the 2020 Republican race for the nomination for president. Basically, Trump has some competition. What kind of competition? Well, look, the dream of never Trumpers was that perhaps Mitt Romney would take him on in 2020. There are some folks that hope Paul Ryan would do that. There are some folks that still think Paul Ryan, still think Paul Ryan will do that. But here's the thing. Bill Weld is, uh, I don't think he's the Trump eradicator that a lot of people hope he is. And his record is an interesting one. Most recently, he popped up in 2016, the VP nominee on the Libertarian Party ticket with former New Mexico governor, Gary Johnson. But what makes him a little weird what makes him somewhat unlikely as a Republican candidate candidate is the fact that back in 2008, he endorsed Obama. In 2012, he endorsed Hillary. He is not a big lover of the Second Amendment. He believes in global warming. Like I said, he doesn't fit so easily into the conservative mold with his beliefs. Now look, on the one hand, I really kind of admire folks that can cross party lines to do the things that they think are right for themselves, for America, for uh, all of the above. But I'm not really sure if this is where his crossing of party lines comes from. Let's uh let's gather some more Bill Weld facts because a lot of people are very excited about this today. Like I said, he was a VP nominee to Governor Gary Johnson of New Mexico, part of the Libertarian ticket. And he's gone on the run. Uh, he's gone on the record, rather, saying that it's an obligation to run. Who do you say this to? CNN. If you're going to run for uh, president as a Republican, you tend to cozy up to Fox News as opposed to CNN. So there you go. Cat amongst pigeons, can open worms everywhere, right from the get. But this is what he had to say. And by the way, I'm not poking holes in the fact that he decided to talk to CNN. I'm just 
finding it interesting. I'm more of a casual observer. I'm popping some popcorn and taking some notes and taking a stab at predicting the future. And I think that in the future, if by some snowball's chance in hell, he turns into a bit of a viable candidate, the uh, chit-chatting with CNN early on might come back to bite him in the butt. Anyways, what do you have to say about it? He said, quote, I really think if we have six more years of the same stuff we've had out of the White House the last two years, that it would be a political tragedy. And I would fear for the Republic. I would be ashamed of myself if I didn't raise my hand and run. He basically said he has an obligation to run. Now, because he's anti-Trump, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. Because he's a Republican anti-Trump type, this is where he could find himself drawing from either side of the aisle. Look, there is no shortage. There is no shortage of people that are willing to run as a Democrat and take on Trump in 2020. That is a veritable clown car of people getting ready to show up at the upcoming debates. That'll be interesting. That'll be fun to watch. That will be, as the kids say, lit AF. The Democratic primaries will be lit AF. I mean, it's already getting ugly. It's already getting mudslingy. Beto O'Rourke is being called too white, too male, too privileged to be president by numerous people on the left. Bernie Sanders admitted he was a millionaire the other day. We might talk more about that later. But that hasn't gone over well with people on the left. How could you possibly run for president as a millionaire and be in touch with the average human being? And by the by, I don't know if you were around when we were discussing it yesterday, but... Bernie Sanders has got to be like, I wrote a book. Barack Obama wrote that Audacity of Hope book and it essentially helped him win. He had this massive best-selling book and it was essentially the stacks of those books that had sold that he was standing on top of when he hit the campaign trail that put him over the edge. And now, Bernie Sanders had a book And unlike Obama, where everyone went, I like that guy. That guy's got some stuff to say I want to hear. I'm going to go out and buy his book. Oh, it's a best-selling book. That's awesome. We've all read his book. We all think it's incredible. Now, Bernie Sanders is apologizing for having a book that did well. Saying, I'm I'm sorry, I'm a millionaire. Uh, You could be a millionaire, too, if you have a best-selling book. And it's funny, in Bernie Sanders' speeches, he started... Well, back in the day, he used to... (laughs) He used to call out millionaires and billionaires. You remember how he used to say that sort of thing? It's all just millionaires and billionaires taking everything. Well, we are left with nothing. Democratic socialism is the answer. Ah, Did that sound more like Alex Jones and Bernie Sanders? I don't know. I do know this, though. Bernie Sanders has sort of adjusted how... (laughs) how he talks in these situations because he's now a millionaire because of his best-selling book. And because now everybody knows that he's a millionaire because of his best-selling book. He's now saying it's the work of multi-millionaires and billionaires. That's keeping, you know, the little guy down and all the above. And everybody should have equal amounts of everything except for my millions. Cause I wrote a best-selling book, but you should have equal opportunity to write a book. And anyways, Yeah, Bernie Sanders getting all sorts of grief for being a millionaire because of his best-selling book. He's adjusted his campaign strategies to where he's now going after multimillionaires 
because you know that way he skates and billionaires as opposed to millionaires and billionaires anyways it's interesting there's all sorts of people on the left that are getting after the nomination on that side but where bill weld could actually kind of pick up some heat is well his libertarian leanings now like i said i am all in favor of people that don't label themselves i don't label myself I don't bother talking about who I voted for when we're on this show because, quite frankly, I think it's irrelevant. I don't think it has anything to do with anything. I think that when you label yourself a Republican or a Democrat, you have given yourself a very big problem in that you are now kind of meant to toe the company line, the party line. And that's exactly what the party wants. They want you to, in a knee-jerk manner, react to an election by going, I'm just straight-ticket Democrat. I'm just straight-ticket Republican. Who's this person? Uh, D. That, that's for me. R. There you go. R. Me hearties. I just voted R. Straight-ticket R. <laughs> I'm a Republican pirate. But here's the thing. This guy, Bill Weld, is not so clean-cut, or clear-cut, rather. Like I said, he was all about Obama in 2008 when he endorsed him. Hillary in 2012 doesn't really think the Second Amendment needs to be upheld. And he's a believer in global warming. None of these things are the linchpins of the right. But, but, this could actually grab him a little bit of heat from the left. We don't know. We have no idea. We have no idea who's going to secure the nomination on the left. Right now, it's looking like Bernie. But that could change and will change numerous times before it comes down to the presidential election in 2020. And a guy like this who has a record of endorsing Obama, a guy like this who has a record of endorsing Hillary, a guy like this who isn't all that fond of the Second Amendment and believes in global warming and has run on a Republican nomination, uh, run uh, as part of a libertarian ticket in the past, rather, well, he could drag just enough from the left to give Trump a little bit of trouble. He could be that tip of the iceberg that upsets the apple cart. Now, I don't think this is going to be true. I think he's going to be a thorn in the side of Trump. and I think he's going to be someone that largely disappears in the not-too-distant future. But I do think that the folks over at CNN and MSNBC are going to be all in on him, talking to him, giving him all the headway that he wants, and basically making him a regular talking head. Since he's got an R next to his name, and he's going to say all the things that CNN and MSNBC viewers want to hear about Trump whenever they put him on television. So it could be an interesting one. Is he going to take down Trump? Probably not. Is he going to run a campaign funded by other people and then write a book about it uh, that'll make him a millionaire like Bernie Sanders? I'm guessing so. For more stimulation and less irritation, nine out of ten doctors choose... KPRC AM 950 Houston's more stimulating talk radio Don't get the blues Get all the news We mean all of you Guys out there In Radio Land All aboard He's back AD on the radio Give it up yeah Give it up yeah Bring this on Bring this on So you know there's something magical Mystical Amazing Legendary sounding About being 
a millionaire. Being a millionaire is kind of a freaking big deal. As Bernie Sanders found out recently when he had the comp to being a millionaire. He's like, yeah, I'm a millionaire. Uh, my tax returns are going to show that I did very well off my best-selling book. Please don't hold it against me. And people are holding it against him. There's something amazing about that number. If Bernie Sanders had $999,000 in the bank, if he wasn't a millionaire, he would be infinitely more supported and trusted by his own political party than he is right now. There's a reason people don't say thousandaire, hundred thousandaire. There's a reason it's millionaire. And you know, I suppose that's because so few of us ever become a millionaire or ever will become a millionaire. It's hard to become a millionaire. As Dennis Regan points out. Bought a new pair of sneakers the other day. I think I think I got a good price. I put fifty dollars down and I'm paying five dollars a month for sixty months. <laughs> I need to make some money. I've been reading these books. You know how the millionaires write books? And they, they all say the same thing. They, they say, making that first million is the toughest. Yeah. I'm finding that to be the case. I hope the second million isn't this tough. In fact, I might have a little trouble with a thousand barrier. The money I do, the money I do have is all tied up in Pokemon cards. Yeah. I had, to, I had to sell some Beanie Babies to get the Pokemon cards. But I wanted to diversify my portfolio. So, you know, being a millionaire, like I said, it has this magical, mystical quality to it. Probably because so few of us ever become a millionaire. That first million really is difficult. <laughs> I, too, am finding that to be true. Will I ever get there? I, I don't think so. But here's the thing. For those that do... It's a magical, mystical thing as well. Not only do people start to look at you differently. Oh man, that person's a millionaire. Can't even relate to that guy or girl. Oh, what must that be like? You get to say the same thing. You go, holy crap, I'm a millionaire. I made a million dollars. Oh my gosh. What now? What now is people are going to come and try and take it from you? Yeah. Once you're a millionaire, apparently there's a bit of a target on your back as Bernie Sanders has found out. And uh, well... The state of Massachusetts is inclined to agree. Here's the thing. I don't know if you got this or not, but look, I'm, I don't live in the state of Massachusetts. I don't know what it's like to live in the state of Massachusetts. I do know, though, I do know that a little while back, uh, there was an opportunity for me to perhaps do some work that would have involved living in Massachusetts. And I decided not to do it because I was like, I can't afford to live in Boston. <laughs> No. And it's funny because you start to pick out these places where you might live forever. And you start to look at cities and states and go, well, this one has no state income tax. States like Florida, states like Nevada, states like Texas, states like Washington, no state income tax. So if you're going, yeah, I could do my job across the border and give myself a significant raise every single month, there's a good chance that you're going to do that. Which is why this plan seems a scotch foolhardy. Maybe if you spent time in Massachusetts, it seems like it makes more sense to you, but I, I just don't get it. You see how they get the name, nickname Taxachusetts. Here's the deal. Lawmakers in Massachusetts are rolling out a millionaire tax. 
Like I said, there's something magical and mystical about that number. You made a million dollars. Well, guess what? We want some of that. We're coming after you for it. It's a millionaire tax that would impose an additional 4% in taxes for any income over a million dollars. Because as one lawmaker said, we are in desperate need of revenue. We're running out of money. Ah, he made a million. He can spare it. That's sort of the idea. Now, people believe, the folks that are all about this, and I bring this up because, well, if it happened in Massachusetts, it could happen where we are as well. But people believe that the tax will raise an additional $2 billion annually in revenue. Here's the thing, though. I don't think it will. I don't think it's going to get anywhere near that. Why? Because people that made a million dollars will go, you're going to take 40,000 extra dollars from me just for living here. I am moving across state lines. I am packing up. I'm taking my money and I'm leaving the state. And that's not just me talking about it. That's me looking at it. New York is dealing with a mass exodus of people to Florida. California is dealing with a mass exodus of people to places like Nevada and Texas. It's interesting. A lot of Californian relocations happening in places like Las Vegas at the moment. Hey, it's still kind of West Coast. It's still tropical. I can have a big house and enjoy warm weather and not have to deal with shoveling snow. That doesn't seem bad. Oh, I'm still driving distance from my, all my relatives. There really is gold in them thar hills. I am off to Nevada. A lot of Californians doing that. A lot of Californians going, oh, Austin's kind of like San Diego. Well, we have oceans. They have lakes. Oh, they have no state taxes. Bazinga. yippee ki Raising taxes on people that have made a bunch of money makes people with a bunch of money leave the state. It's been shown over and over again. New York is dealing with an exodus of people to Florida, like I said because of the high state tax rate. This guy called Jason Lewis is the lead sponsor of the plan, and he said, we have a tremendous unmet need in our commonwealth. Our tremendous unmet needs are hurting families, hurting our communities, and putting our state's economic future at risk. He said that low- and middle-income families are tapped out with the high cost of living there. And I got to tell you, when an opportunity has perhaps arisen for me to go work in a place like Boston, I've always wanted to go live in Boston because I love Boston. Boston's an amazing town. I was supposed to go to college in Boston before my band got a record deal and I wound up not going to music conservatory. I freaking love Boston. Big chunks of my family live in that area and I'd love to be closer to them, but I'm like, I can't, can't, can't afford to live in Boston. Uh, straight up can't. It's a pricey state. And low and middle middle income families are in fact tapped out with a high cost of living. He is right about that. But here's where it starts to fall down. He said these super wealthy families can afford to pay slightly higher taxes and continue living in the great state of Massachusetts. Oh, really? A 4% millionaire tax. You make a million dollars, you know what 4% of that is? $40,000. If you'd made $900,999, you wouldn't have to give away what is ostensibly a middle-class income to Uncle Sam. Is it going to go directly to the middle-income families that are tapped out because the state of Massachusetts has become so unbelievably expensive? No. No, it's not. And 
the folks over at something called the Massachusetts High Technology Council are saying they're going to fight this new tax, saying, look, we're trying to prevent Massachusetts from becoming Connecticut. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding right across the street in Connecticut. Another similarly New Englandy type of place. Connecticut lost more than 20,000 residents because they raised taxes. People with money went, crap, I don't want to lose this much money just because I live here. Connecticut's great. It's not that great. It's not that other. It's not that different from other parts of New England that have lower taxes. Oh, wait, there's no estate income tax in New Hampshire. I'm off to New Hampshire, my friend. And that's what happened. They raised taxes in Connecticut. Connecticut lost more than 20,000 residents with an adjusted gross income of $2.6 billion. So it was supposed to make the state some money. It did not in any way, shape, or form. It really hurt the state's bottom line. Yet people want to keep trotting these ideas out. Here's the thing. I don't want to sound like I'm not compassionate toward people that are having a difficult time in the state of Massachusetts. I'm not having a difficult time right now, but it certainly isn't easy. You, me, all of us, we've all got to scratch and fight and work for every last dollar in 2019. We just do. And if you live in a place, if you were born in a place like the Boston area, where it is unbelievably expensive, I'm very familiar with this, being from New York and London, well, that makes life that much tougher. But Helen... People that have made over a million dollars that they got to fork out an extra 40 grand a year, uh, which is more than a lot of people that they're trying to help are making, is going to make them bail on the state. And that's going to make the state have less. We've seen it time and time again. It's a nifty idea, but it doesn't work. Why? Because it's got to make the state's breadwinners piece the hell out. And social programs and education and all the things that this is supposed to help will wind up suffering in the process. AD on the radio. You know, I got some interesting tweets about this whole millionaire conversation we're having. In case you missed it, folks in Massachusetts want to institute what's called a millionaire tax, meaning a 4% tax on anybody that makes a million dollars and up. And, well, basically the idea is, oh man, our state's in a really bad way. And, huh, they've gotten, well, in some cases, millions of dollars, but they've all got at least a million dollars that they make a year. They can afford it. This is going to be fine. We're just going to slap a 4% tax on them. And well, we're going to bail out the horrible financial problems that the rest of the state is having. This is going to free up a whole bunch. And I said, no, it's not because, well, if you find out that you're going to pay an additional 4% in taxes, you are going to want to bail on the whole situation, move across the border to maybe, oh, I don't know, a place like New Hampshire, which is still in New England, but uh, doesn't have state income tax at all. 
So, like I said, my Twitter kind of lit up with some people saying I agree, but a lot of people saying, hey, they're making a million dollars a year. They can afford the extra 4%. And like I said, it really speaks to the level of mystique that is around the word million. Interesting thing about living in California, there are a lot of wealthy people here. Um, I met and I'm now dating a millionaire, I'm dating a multimillionaire. People get very excited when you tell them that. It's, it's kind of weird because strangers get excited for you. They get very excited. Like, oh, you hit the jackpot, girl, you know. When my friends found out, they got excited. And my mom is excited. Visa is excited. Yeah, they just sent me a pre-approval letter yesterday saying, congratulations, Miss Anderson. We think he's the one. We're raising your limits. <laughs> so, you know, there is a mystique, like we were saying, about being a millionaire. Turns out there's a mystique about being around a millionaire, about dating a millionaire, as the hilarious Amy Anderson points out. Oh, man, you've got a maid, you've got a rich boyfriend, or you've got a rich girlfriend, or something of that nature. But going back to this idea that ah, they can afford it, and they're making a million dollars. Well, okay. Let's uh, dig into that a little deeper, shall we? Let's look at the reality of that situation. If you make a million dollars in the state of Massachusetts, without any additional withholdings, you are going to be taking home $83,000 a month. Holy freaking crap. Can you imagine what it must be like to take home $83,000 a month? Well, I'll tell you what it's like to take home $83,000 a month in the state of Massachusetts. That gets eaten into by all kinds of taxes. To the point where you're not taking home $83,000 a month. You're taking home something like between forty dollars and $45,000 a month. And this proposed millionaire tax, which is looking like a lot to happen means that if you're a millionaire and you pay an additional 4% tax, that's $40,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did we say you were making per month after making a million dollars a year? Well, after taxes, you were taking home somewhere in the neighborhood of $40,000. Now, what if someone came along to you and said, we know we've got your life that you're living and you're kind of getting by the way you are, but um, you're going to have to do it without one paycheck a month. One month, uh, all the money that you make is going to be going to the government. Well, hold on, wait a second. Wait, the whole, the, hold on a second. I can't afford to do that. Oh, you can't? Well, I mean, you know, surely you could cut back. That house of yours is pretty big. Those cars you drive might be a little expensive. You do have a lot of kids. Kids are pricey. I can't put the kids back. These are the cars I drive. This is the way my life has been for many years. What do you mean? 4%? No, absolutely not. Oh, I'm going to move to New Hampshire. That's how that happens. I don't know about you, but if someone said to me, hey, we're going to take one month of your income away. December, let's just say, or January. One month of your income goes away. December when you're holiday shopping, uh, January when you're dealing with the holiday bills. I straight up couldn't do it. It would be a major life adjustment. I'd really have to figure out because I'm sort of stretched thin and I know millionaires, 
should know better than to spend all their millions. You've got all those millions. Why would you be so ostentatious? Well, I thought I had all those millions and now I don't because of the millionaire tax and I'm 40,000 short, which means I'm only getting 11 months of pay instead of 12 months of pay. I got to figure something out. I guess I'm moving. To people that say they can afford it, Yeah, maybe they could, but not without some serious life adjustments. And if you're going to make some serious life adjustments, that would probably involve moving to a place where (laughs) your money goes a little further and you're not taxed so heavily. If you're going to have to scale down your life, if you're going to have to sell your car, if you're going to have to move out of your home, as long as I'm moving out of my home and getting a new car that costs less, I might as well drive that car across the state line so I don't have to deal with this. But we were counting on your income to help with social programs and education. Well, sorry. You can't make me stay. And now I don't want to. So, it's kind of sort of how it happens. All right. Let us get into the events of today, shall we? So did you hear how a man recently fended off an attacker with a piece of steak? Yeah, apparently besides being delicious, steak can also be weaponized. How so? Well, it happened at a grocery store a little while ago. A security guard recently knocked out a shoplifter with a piece of raw steak after the shoplifter pulled a knife on him. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. Confronted a shoplifter, shoplifter pulled a knife, security guard at the grocery store knocked the shoplifter's ass out with a piece of raw meat. This was according to several ribeye witnesses (laughs) wow fighting with a steak working with that medium is rare well done hey so you know how you kind of go through life thinking that everyone around you is getting busy all the time you always kind of feel and have felt since you were an adolescent that everybody's having a ton of sex except for you well it turns out that's just not true turns out that the number of women especially getting busy in the bedroom is down significantly in 2019 why Stupidest thing ever has to do with social media. Yeah, social media is hurting our sex lives in America. Apparently, over 50% of women, many of whom are in long-term relationships where you would think a person would feel secure, say that after being bombarded by images of beauty and booty, images of beauty and perfection and booty on Instagram and other forms of social media, they feel less confident. And you know what that lack of confidence translates into that lack of confidence you feel in your body after being bombarded by images of perfection photoshopped images of perfection on instagram all day long well that lack of confidence about a woman's body makes them apparently in 2019 reluctant to have sex yeah a lack of confident confidence caused by social media in 2019 is making over half the women in america reluctant to have sex hmm Women say a lack of confidence in their bodies makes them reluctant to have sex. That's interesting because, in my experience, most of the women I've dated have been reluctant to have sex because of a lack of confidence in my body. And you know what? Kind of right. Have a good one. Be back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.